Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This episode of the Sartoro Geek Podcast is sponsored by Jordan Dene. Jordan Dene has all kinds of geek chic apparel and accessories. Our designs are hand-lettered and inspired by our favorite characters and stories in pop culture. We have tank tops that can be worn with a skirt, under a blazer, to the gym, and as pajamas. Please check us out at jordandene.com and all over the internet at NYC. Hey, welcome to the Sartorial Geek Podcast. I'm Jordan Ellis of Jordan Dene, and I'm here with Amanda Ray Prescott. Hello. Oh, good morning. Hi, we actually, we're going to talk about uh, Poldark today. Um, if anyone is up on the Jordan Donation of the month, we have a Poldark quote for December. But we actually met at LI Who. We met through Doctor Who things. Yes, I think. way long time ago. Like, definitely at least four or five years, years ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, and this is just like, do you have a... Do you have a thing for British TV shows or is it just all the things that we happen to overlap in are like BBC stuff? Okay, Doctor Who for me, I've always been obsessed with period dramas, but then Doctor Who sort of brought me back to that because period drama fandom is the type of fandom where it's hard to connect with people because it's not quite, there's not really comic cons for it. Yeah, that's true. It's a lot of, and it's a mix of, you know, younger people who are into following Doctor Who actors, and then you have the, like, literary society types and the more traditional book club-type meetings, and even in some other, some of the period dramas like Jane Austen have their own, like, culture of meetups and events. But Doctor Who essentially brought me back to trying to form a period drama-centric community, that's awesome. Well, yeah, Paul Dark, um, when it came out in 2015 in America, it really, it actually, the base of the fandom were essentially Aiden Turner's fans who were following him from The Hobbit and Being Human, which I'm sure Doctor Who fans watched back in the day when it was still on. Dude, I love Being Human. Exactly. So when it started, I think that's when most people sort of found their way to Paul Dark because they met the literary society types who were already there. And it, the, the sad thing about Poldark is that in the UK it's extremely popular, but in the United States, PBS does not have the money to advertise it the way it should be advertised, I believe, which is sort of my, I've taken that mission on. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a yeah, great. <laughs> I, people think I, people think I'm an evangelizer for it. And I'm like, <laughs> I kind of have to be because it's a show that doesn't get a lot of attention. And I think, and that's sort of, and also to a lot of the period dramas that PBS airs don't get enough attention. So I've kind of taken that on for myself. Um, well, this is a perfect place to start then for anyone who maybe has never even heard of Poldark. Uh, what, well, I guess, first of all, like what, what is the show? Like what's the, what's the main gist main, of it? Okay. The main gist of it is this title character, Ross Poldark. He fought in the Revolutionary War on the wrong side. He was a red coat. He comes back from the Revolutionary War to find his family life in shambles. His father died, leaving the estate a hot mess. He, his girlfriend that he thought he was going to marry ends up marrying his cousin. And oh, no. he is pretty much broke because the father left him with debt and on his property and his mine. He is from Cornwall, in that part of England. That's what they're known for, uh, mining. There's a lot of mining-related drama in the series, and that's where it starts. And from there, he has to rebuild his life, rebuild his business. Uh, he has to deal with this whole awkward situation that now his former flame is married to his cousin, and he has to find love elsewhere. Of course, there's a... Based the gist of the thing, gist of where the shirt comes in is the shirt is a quote from Demelza, who is who becomes his wife, and she is essentially the heart and the soul of the show. 
Awesome. Too often people focus only on Ross and I'm like, no, he, he has a, he has a counterpart. He has a, he has a counterpart that is equally as compelling on the show. And I think sometimes the fandom and even the media get too lost in the promo pictures of Aiden Turner shirtless or him looking really cute. And I'm like, but Demelza and Eleanor Tomlinson who plays her is she's fantastic and people need to show her more attention. And that's sort of why I picked a Demelza quote for to pitch to you as a shirt of the month, because not only I just think it, the fandom is great. It just needs a little bit more of a feminist twist to it. Yeah. I mean, I get that. Like when you see, cause all the promo photos I've ever seen are him, which is fine. I mean, you're right. He like is very good looking and he probably has a little more like celebrity like notice. So I get why they did it, but I think that's really cool that you're like, no, wait, there are other really good characters too. Yeah, they are. I think, and actually Eleanor Tomlinson is becoming a celebrity home, right? Like she's in uh, right now she's in Colette, which she's co-starring with Kira Knightley. I mean, she also yeah. has the War of the Worlds coming out, which is a BBC mini, which the BBC is redoing that, the H.G. Wells novel. That's novel. awesome. Yep, she's the star, and she, yeah, she's also, she's, I think when the show first started, people only recognized Aiden, and they, she wasn't, she was sort of a supporting character actor type in England, but now, like, she's just as important as he is. I think the media and some parts of the fandom are a little bit slow to that, so this so that's kind of why I am the way I am. I'm always pushing for more support for Eleanor Tomlinson and the other wonderful actresses that are behind the show. And actually, for people who are concerned about like being woke and supporting female-focused films and television, the screenwriter for Poldark is a woman. Her name is Debbie. That's Hansel. awesome. I've actually met her. Oh, cool. Yeah, it, it, it's a very long story how that happened, but I I have, I have met her earlier this year, and it was the best hour to have a brunch. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it, I haven't told so too many people about it for just because I didn't want people blowing me up asking how they can do that as well. Right. <laughs> Mainly, <laughs> it was basically like that. of like – it was basically fate. That was the only way I could describe it. And that's, that's so cool. I got to talk to her about her process on the show and some of the decisions she's made and how her job of adapting a story. It's actually, Poldark is based on a series of novels written starting in the forties through actually the last one was right before the author died in 2003. Oh, wow. I didn't even realize that. Yeah. They're novels. And the thing is, of course, when you have a TV show, it's based on a book. You have the book fans who are really, you know, obsessive. I need to see that scene from page 128. Right, right. <laughs> then you have people who are like, I've never read, read books. And the thing with Poldark is that it's a, it was a series that was popular in England, but in America it was out of print for years. And let's not even get started with who has it in translation and how complete it is. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, gosh. Balancing what people perceive of the books versus the people who've never picked them up before so she has to walk a delicate tightrope and of course since it's a period drama she has to deal with situations and events and attitudes in society that are not always ideal for a modern audience and she has to walk this very fine tightrope of that and yeah i'm not envious of that i always think about that yeah as you know a fandom how people get when they think that the story is ruined now there's a lot of that and she pushes through anyway um they're actually filming the fifth and final season oh wow right now like the cast i've seen they're on instagram posting hey we're, we're, we're on the set i'm like crap it's almost over yeah that's so sad <laughs> it's so sad but i'm also i also have hope that it will still pull dark will still live on because in the age of netflix people there and prime actually prime is mostly where you're going to find it because of pbs's contract with with amazon yeah there it's gonna still live and i think new people are gonna find it they're selling the series to other countries so new people are going to wander in anyway especially after the cast gets posted in bigger films yeah well that's actually this is a perfect time for anyone who like this show sounds like it would be up your alley 
it's kind of great. Like you can catch up now, binge it on Amazon, and then you can watch yeah. the final season when it comes out, exactly. and uh, which is great. One of the cast members, Josh Whitehouse, who played a supporting role in seasons three and four, he got casted on the Game of Thrones prequel. Oh, rad. Yeah, and I mind, mind you, that one press release gave more attention to the fact of Poldark's existence than right. <laughs> the entirety of PBS's. Because literally every single yep. article was like, what is this Poldark? And then people were like, wait, I mean, that's a show you're obsessed with, right? I was like, yes. I, I thank you, HBO, for doing my, the promo that PBS <laughs> I mean, precisely dollars. Yeah, I get it. Like, I mean... PBS, I feel like if I see something advertised on that, I'm like, oh, okay. Like, I never expected it to be something I'll really like, which is terrible of me. Like, that's just a weird, awful, like, bias I have. But it's, I get it. Here's the thing. And part of it is, obviously, PBS's budget is a problem. I think the other thing of it is that it's very hard to market period dramas these days to people who yeah. are really, And you have to have an end and yep. too often what the end becomes is if a drama is explicitly marketed as feminist or explicitly lgbt friendly or explicitly about people of color people are not going to t- turn in and yeah what i like to say is hold the kind of show where there's a whole bunch of elements people are going to be attracted to there's a history factor to it because it's a because the post-Revolutionary War events in England are fascinating in its own right, there's also a romance factor with Ross and Demelza and the other supporting cast. Like, there's... If people like ships, like, this is a shippy <laughs> show. Um, Very cool. Um, Ross and Demelza's best friends, Dwight and Caroline, have their own struggles. And if you like ships, that's a good thing. If you also, the show I think is doing a really good job of turning the female characters into more than just plot points. Not that the book wasn't like that, but in the show, Debbie Horsfall is making a concerted effort to turn scenes that were originally from one person's point of view and bringing it back to the woman. That's so cool. So even one of the most controversial characters in the books, Elizabeth, who people often label in negative stereotypes she found a way to give her a bit more sympathy and also and also people start have now appreciate her character more as just the antagonistic type so that and awesome yeah and also the show does focus on some in later seasons uh elizabeth's cousin morwenna has christ has a crisis that many women can relate to um and in not, and it's also dealt in a way she has potentially triggering history, but the way the show deals with it is so not only sensitive to the needs of the audience today, but also bringing light to issues that in the past probably were buried. Like no, like you could, you don't see, I don't really see period dramas dealing with things like domestic abuse too often. A Poldark I mean, job on that topic as well. Yeah, like you were saying, that's so impressive to be able to do that in a skilled way where you like react to things for the current audience, yep. but also like be true to the time period that it's supposed to be placed in. Like I that is very, very hard to do. So it's very hard. And there's that's one, impressive. And there's one scene in particular that is extremely controversial because there was a it was actually filmed before the Me Too movement happened. I think if it was different, I have a feeling it would have been approached in a different way. But you could tell from the script that they that Debbie tried her best to balance very carefully what the author wanted or expected because this is written in nineteen fifty three. So obviously that's what people considered okay versus not is changing rapidly. And well, written in the fifties about a time even earlier. Exactly. So that's like two well, layers of that. Which is a lot of that. Crazy. Some of the characters even seem more modern than would have, would have been possible in the period. So there's a lot of walking around eggshells in that regard. And I think, and as a drama, it, it, you can watch the entire series of Poldark and get the gist of the books without ever picking them up, which for most, which for an adaptation is pretty impressive because a lot of times yeah. the cut 
yes, of course, scenes were cut and stuff was shortened and they don't have the budget for every single character. I was going to say that's just of, what happens. happens. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of villagers and miners who get cut, but they, the show has done such a fabulous job and casting Pete, the right actors for the parts has been essential the entire way. Um, because obviously the main couples have to face, you know, some adversaries and the, even the, and even the, and here's the thing too. If you want to talk about fantastic villain characters, Poldark has a ton of those for you guys. Really? The fangirls who love villains, uh, George Rolegan, who is uh, Ross's main opponent. He's played by Jack Farthing, who is a fantastic, I'm not sure if I want to call him a character actor, but he, pretty much nails the psychology of George Willigan and you want to punch George in the face. <laughs> you want to scream, but then you also kind of root for him. You're like, I like George's shady ways sometimes. I, I feel like a bad girl for supporting him sometimes. But yeah, the conflict between Ross and George is a fabulous one. And we also have some not so, so just blatantly villain, villainy villains. Uh, Christian Brassington plays the evil uh reverend whitworth and he's just beyond terrible and he's like he's like one of those like he's kind of like an umbrage type oh god yeah. okay and then there's also in the later seasons we have um we have max bennett who plays monk adderley and we're just like if you want like a douchebag bro type to hate he's right he's right there for you that's so, awesome <laughs> Just as the great as the good guys are are nice, we also have really horrible people. No, that's good too because I mean, and you have some folks in the middle, and every and and the entire cast sort of works. They take their own personalities and then add a little bit, and then add like context from the from the books and from the scripts that they pulled out of it, and to bring these characters to life. And that's why I love the show so much. And I wish more people would get into it um i actually i don't just talk about this stuff on twitter i dress up as the main characters I, I, that might actually be the first time i heard of the show yeah you cosplaying somewhere <laughs> that like that uh, there's a I, very good chance that's the first time i heard of it i make it a point to cosplay to pull our characters at conventions because it's a conversation starter especially when people start especially when people are like oh hamilton and i'm like right era wrong costume yeah you're close you're close, you're close. <laughs> me depending on the they call me merida because demelza has red hair so when i'm in anything green people oh totally yeah so it's a conversation starter and also too, i'm like hey it's a show you should watch it on prime and therefore more um you know just more attention for it and also too it's just a lot been a lot of fun coming up with costumes that people a lot of cosplayers, like, people have already figured out how to make the costumes. I have to do that work myself because... Yeah, because there's no one. There's no one. Um, there's a lot of Hamilton people, and there's a ton of Outlander-centric cosplay. But, I mean, I have to do both. But with Paul Dark, I have been physically sitting there with the screen caps, figuring out patterns, figuring out how many inches should that skirt be, how to... What waist should I use for the jacket? It, it's been a lot of... Yeah, that's like a whole new challenge when it you can't even go to like the cosplay Facebook group like, okay, I figured most of it out, but where are these buttons from? There like you have to do it all. There is a Facebook group um, for the for the, for Poldark cosplaying, but here's the problem. A lot of the people who are into the show don't cosplay. They are... Sometimes you get these... Sometimes you get the reenactor types who are like oh, I watch a show, but the costumes are completely wrong for the era. And I tend to, as a cosplayer who focuses on, like, the way something looks on the screen, I often believe that criticizing the costumes because they're not historically accurate all the way short changes how the costume designer has transformed what was in the era to the characters on the show. Like, for example... yeah. Yeah, and Howard Burton's an amazing job job at this, actually. Oddly enough, he's worked for Doctor Who. So at one point, and he was at Galley a couple of years ago, so I had a friend of mine. Oh, send cool. Him a card. And apparently I was the first person who ever sent him a card. because <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, well, it's about Poldark, because people are like, you know, they're all praising him for his work on Doctor Who, and he's like, wait, somebody sent me something about Poldark? What the hell? 
Yeah. That's so great. <laughs> it's me. So like they've adapted the 1780s, 90s, and early Regency era for the Poldark characters to show, first of all, A, there's economic drama in the, in the book. Some of the characters are poor or they're people who had money and are struggling. So the outfits reflect that struggle. Demalza's character comes out in her designs. They always have her in earth tones because she's definitely the uh the heart and soul type character and her her entire demeanor is down to earth so that that comes out of her costumes and then you have cool. george willigan in dark colors and very very severe type clothing the the evil vicar is always in the most ridiculous sort of french outfits because he's just that's just his personality he he thinks he's way high and mighty and and he's not so all those little changes they made to the period are reflected in the costumes i think and that's actually what that's actually what brought me into the show more than any than anything else oddly enough um i actually oh that's really cool i actually learned how to sew after seeing demelza get married i'm like i want her wedding dress no way yeah and i had to figure it out myself because there was no Except for his own instructor manual, and this is in 2015 when the show just came out um, in America. So we're talking, yeah, July 2015. There was no, <laughs> there were, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I got a pattern, fixed up my grandma's sewing machine. Nine days later, came up with a dress. I don't know if I have pictures of it, but it, for a nine day design, it didn't turn out. The, the mock up didn't turn out so bad, and I fixed it and went back and fixed it. And had the full her full wedding dress. I still wear it today. That's insane. I mean, yeah, I sew, and that's insane. They can still wear. Yeah, I can still wear it. Um, I I can might have to take it in a little bit because of weight loss. But other than that, it still works. There's nothing's falling off of it. Um, That's so awesome. (laughs) I just kept sewing all the different characters. Like my next project after I finish. I'm making another Demelza. I finished an Elizabeth. I have to make Caroline next, who um Demelza's best friends. So I have to work on her outfits because actually, if you want to talk about costume horn, Gab- uh, I should just say Caroline's outfits are amazing. And Gabriella Wild, who actually has done modeling work um outside of Full Dark, you could tell because she she's a she's an heiress and she wears like the most amazing outfits ever and yeah her 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 patterns are easy-ish but it's getting the right fabric because since she has the money to look fly all the time i'm like that the same for that yeah Yeah, that's the thing when you're cosplaying like you do need the same level of uh yeah quality fabric and that can get so expensive oddly and a lot of what and the thing with with the british period dramas a lot of their stuff tends to come from like they have a lot of fabric mills to do one-off things or they use a lot of um stuff you'd use for your couch they use a lot oh okay i tried and failed to go to some of the places where they were using when i was in england to try to get some of the stuff they use and i was like they're like um yeah you can have that for 200 dollars a yard i'm like i was gonna say and unless because i i mean i'm sure you do too like know some cosplayers who buy that and it's so like just watching their process and the stress of cutting into a yard of fabric that costs that much is like you have to be so sure (laughs) of what you're doing the most expensive fabric i bought single-handedly was actually a outlander piece one yard was 99 dollars. i actually still have not cut into said yard (laughs) because yeah it's terrifying it's terrifying i'm like i'm probably what i'm probably gonna do is there's a i believe there's a spoon flower version of the pattern because yeah, it was like Turkish carpet material. I'm like, wow, yeah. Like frame this and never act right. Listen, I agree with that. <laughs> like, I might, I mean, it might appear like I can't. There's no, I don't know how to, or I might like use the entire piece to then like add to it, but like there's no way I'm cutting into that. It's just, yeah. No, I don't blame you. Yeah. I, I don't know how the cosplayers who do that all the time do it. I have some friends who do, and I'm always just like, how are you cutting that? Yeah. Um, the most expensive per yard I've used for Poldark specifically was 
actually wasn't pole dark. I'll come here to think about it. Um, I tend to use, I, my budget for pole dark stuff tends to be about around 10 to 15 year old because more than that is not often not accurate for the era. And also just for myself, wool gets really pricey. And it, yeah, and if you need a lot of it, like for a full cosplay, it's yeah, wool is just really, really expensive. So I tend to like, I tend to pause on the wool stuff. The most expensive stuff I've used was for actually Queen Victoria because I, um, I cosplay the PBS miniseries as well. One of my one of my dresses I used for that, um, it the the silk was twenty something dollars yard, and even then I was like. This is more than I've ever spent on a piece. Yeah. So it's like constantly, it costs like 150 for the six yards I used. And it's, I still get like, I have to fix it now. And I'm like, oh crap, I'm probably going to have to buy more yardage. So I'm like, yeah, totally. <laughs> do you, um, do you only cosplay like period dramas? I go, basically my cosplay profile right now is all the Doctor Companions and then the period dramas. Oh yeah, because I, I forgot I've seen you do Martha, right? I have Martha. I have actually two Yasmin Khan outfits. Um, nice. Her shoot, I have, a, I have not figured out her shoes and I want her real jacket. I actually have 13 mostly done. I just have not like put it together. I tend to wear the 13 pieces by themselves mixed in with other things. I'm, I mean, because her outfits are awesome. You can actually wear them. I wear, <laughs> it's like yeah, really cool. Coat to work. I've worn a pant. Yeah. Um, I have uh, one of my Martha pieces is actually turns out it's the, it turns out the cosplayers are using the boots I used for Martha as a 13 alt because her. Oh, smart. I was like, wait a second. I don't need to, I don't need to change it because Yaz is jacket is the same color as the boots anyway so it so it works out very nicely that is so nice when you can reuse like, stuff do you ever get to reuse stuff with like period pieces because or are they also specific it's what i tend to reuse with period pieces is actually the pattern so i don't have to buy new oh smart there are some one of caroline's outfits actually is the same color tone as something I was planning for Hamilton. So what I probably Perfect. want to do is when I get my money saved up is buy double. So that way I can use part of the fabric for Hamilton as well. That, that works out really well. Yeah, the, That's awesome. just the patterning gets expensive. So I have, I basically mix and match my pattern set. Um, and often I'm like, okay, I see this dress. I made that. It's just a different color or a different, you know, trimming. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's, that's how I reuse things um, often. That is really, really smart. I, yeah. That's like a really good way to do it. Instruction parts more so than actual pieces. For Doctor Who, oftentimes it's my everyday clothing that I end up like, that my ad stuff was actually basically stuff I pulled out of my closet. When, I love when that happens. That's so great. Old time coat here, something I used to wear to work there, and then all of a sudden I have yes. I was like, hey. I mean, I, I am. I often troll eBay for the what they call the screen accurate pieces, but for Yaz in particular, it's a little bit difficult because her the jacket she's always wearing is one of those like five hundred dollar pieces, and yeah, I have to wait for it to pop up in my size. It's one of those. It's one of those that's that's fun. <laughs> crap. I mean, the rest of her stuff, though, is fairly easy to assemble yourself because she has a jeans jacket. She has a green gray blazer with some undershirts. You can do yourself pretty quickly. So that's not so bad. Um, at least the Doctor Who stuff keeps me when I don't want to wear a stays or corset at cons. I can flip back to Doctor Who. Perfect. Yeah, that is really nice to have a slightly more casual option. I exactly. I have a casual option and I have a crazy the crazy pants options. Um, so wrapping up with pole dark, if someone listens to this and they're like, Oh my God, this sounds like my new favorite show. Uh, you said it's on Amazon prime right now. Yeah. It's on, um, it's on prime right now. Cool. Netflix, I believe only has the older seasons. Okay. Peep. If you're, if you know relatives who have the PBS passport, uh, subscription, you can hit them up and get, some of the exclusive stuff that they don't put on prime. Um, awesome. Yeah. It, the 
I'm not sure if the newest season is fully there yet. I have to, ch- I should have checked that before I record this podcast. No, 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 that's good. And I mean, I always like shows move around all the time yeah. anyway. So like, depending on when you're listening, that may not even be true anymore. But because <laughs> I think what um, PBS's contract for Amazon is that they put the full episodes out there for their members first, and then Prime will release it later on. Um, cool. Because Prime actually has a long-term contract with Poldark's production company, Mammoth Screen. They have actually several. Yeah, they have most of their dramas up there right now. Um, Victoria, which is again with Jenna Coleman, that's another awesome. Yeah. They are also have a bunch of the murder mystery things. So if you like, so there's a whole. They have most of them. It's a matter of they may force you to pay to rent it, but in by I promise you, if you. It'll, at least for season four, because I think because season four just ended on PBS. It's worth it if it's the older seasons are free though, so you you only have to pay for it the very. So you can get you can get in and get in. Uh, get like in the <laughs> the, also, there are DVDs out there, so you can always you know get them from the library as well. That's another uh, that's another option for the budget conscious. Uh, yeah. No, that's awesome. And then if someone watches it and wants to talk to a fan, <laughs> um, are, are you hanging out online anywhere yes, that people have, can um, come chat with you? Oh, of course. Um, my Twitter, I'm going to actually, I'm just going to open up Twitter for a second, make sure I'm spelling my name and everything right. Um, my personal Twitter account is Amanda R. Prescott, all one word. I have, I run my mouth under all the time. <laughs> Please, sorry, dropped something. Um, my I have a podcast on regarding Poldark and the other shows that Mammoth Screen produces. The awesome. podcast is called This Week in Emma Strama's Fancast. Actually, Perfect. oddly enough, this week I noticed they reposted one of my episodes, and I'm like, "Thank you, guys!" Simply That's awesome. It was a review for of their newest drama, Vanity Fair, which is coming out on Prime on the 21st. Sweet. So if, if other people love the same kind of yeah, shows, I, you're a great person to follow. Yeah, they're, yeah they're, um, their catalog is essentially a mix of the pure dramas and the crying stuff. Occasionally, they'll do sci-fi, like The World of Worlds, which is coming out early next year. Um, David Morrissey was in another one in a production, which is more sci-fi inclined. Um, the city in the city, which is on port box right now, I believe. So yeah, it, that's awesome. Yeah. There, so that podcast kind of covers every week. I either talk about what's brand new or what's coming up or, Hey, here's an old program that I went back in the archives and watched and you should, and here's why you should watch it again. So I love that. Yeah. The podcast can be reached. I don't have a, I don't have a webpage for it right now just because I don't have enough followers to support paying more than like the free accounts on everything for it totally get that yep. um it on the podcast we reached at at t-w-i-m-s-d fancast the soundcloud awesome. is this week in ms dramas fancast i have the soundcloud page um i have not started a facebook for it yet Tumblr, I had a Tumblr, but as we all know, Tumblr has gone completely hate. Tumblr's making some changes right now. <laughs> yeah, not that Poldark or any of these dramas would be classified as porn. The problem is a lot of people are just leaving the site in protest and also stuff got deleted with the bots running amok and flagging art and flagging cosplay photos that were not even remote. I was going to say, I feel like that's, yeah, it seems like that's one of the biggest problems. Yeah, yeah that it's flagging all kinds of like stuff. Like as it is my blog focusing on the Poldark costumes, it was called the Poldark, um, it's called Poldark Costuming Project at Tumblr.com. I have to probably move it somewhere else because between people not visiting the site anymore and also the cosplay stuff getting flagged unnecessarily. I'm probably, I'm thinking about moving it, but for people who can still see it, it's my, I had, I fleshed out my attempts at making costumes and also what, what the costume designers did versus how, versus what a woman would wore at the time. 
That's so cool. Yeah, but it's been it's in slow progress too because this most recent season, season four, has moved into the Regency era, and I'm not a as much of a Regency expert as the earlier time, which is called the Georgian era. I hang out so much in the Georgian era that Regency research has been a bit harder for me to get into. But once, um, hopefully, I can find somewhere else to put this. Well, and if people follow you on Twitter, exactly. I'm sure you'll post. Okay, cool. Post and when I move, my, when I move it, most likely I'll end up on WordPress. Um, that's the other thing too with moving things. Tumblr was completely free hosting. WordPress, yep. you have to pay at some point, so it's sort of like that's that's kind of the struggle. So, and also too, since it's such a small fandom, I'm not sure if it's worth it in that in that sense to pay for things that maybe. Yeah, I do want it to be out there at the same time. It's like the audience return is not as guaranteed as, say, something like Doctor Who based. Yeah, the numbers are really different. Yes, I totally get that. Um, the fandom, in terms of fandom, I know people are concerned about the add to a fandom. There are, I've met some fabulous women in fandom. The downside is that because this is a period drama, I do have to kind of warn people that there are going to be there are gatekeeper types and oddly enough, they're not men. It's women who are to be polite, who are uh, white women who are above 40 to 45 years old. So sometimes they carry with them more conservative attitudes toward things. Um, I would advise if you're really getting into the fandom to contact me first before you join a Facebook group because I have some horror stories out there of you know I'm gonna be real people like I've had I have horror stories of being bullied in fandom in this fandom because of the fact that I am a woman of color and I'm also only 29 and people think there are some women who I've found, unfortunately, they think because I'm younger than their daughter that they can talk and treat you in a different way. Yeah, that's yeah. That's that's always so like I mean it's sad and disappointing when I mean, you're are, just trying yeah. to be enjoy a thing together and it's, and it's difficult because I feel like, yes, I've never been probably times I've screwed up with people, but also too, it's very hard coming from a fandom like Doctor Who where you have, there's some basic knowledge and basic respect for people's um, differing opinions. And also too, in Doctor Who fandom, it's okay to say the word feminist. Like I've had people in Dark fandom being like, I don't know what a feminist is and I or even worse, I don't like feminists. And I'm like, what? Okay. Whoa. So All right. Like, that but there are I'm not saying, an interesting place to start is, from. Yeah, okay. it's interesting. But I have run into some people. So I'm really, really, I've run into, I've actually found a, a circle of progressive minded fans who we also love period drama. And we love talking about how period dramas can be still relevant to society today and it's that part of fandom has been fantastic and i've and the cosplayer community usually on the historical side has been really awesome to interact and talk to so yeah it the um there are definitely some great pockets there are great pockets of wonderfulness in the fandom i just i just probably would advise avoiding the facebook the large Facebook groups for Poldark fandom. Yeah. I mean, I was also going to say, I'm, I'm really sad that you had so many negative experiences, but thank you for like sharing them with other people yeah, and, and for think, being I've available. Been, I've been sort of, I mean, I think I put myself out there specifically for the purpose of changing the culture in the fandom a bit and telling yeah. people, well, changing in terms of first of all, a sh- you know, being visible and out there in the first place, because I feel like this is one of those things where people kind of keep it quiet to themselves and they don't realize that there's a whole, there's a whole, there's people, if you reach out, that are also into what you like and also to yeah. countering this kind of regressive attitude with showing that, hey, you can be, you could be a visible minority and still be into something 
that doesn't seem as on the face of it as progressive as you would think like for example because a lot of times people just think pure jobs are just for only for white people i'm like no they're there are stories in there that are universal there yeah you can identify with characters who don't look like you but i think part again like that's the thing with the fandom where the fandom needs to go is in terms of what i work on and try to not it's not all the time i get it right it's putting myself out there as a member of a visible minority to say, Hey, this is, this is for, this is something you can get into too. Cause I will say this, when I met Poldark fans in real life, I have had very good experiences with that for, for the most part. I've had very, I mean, obviously there are times where we like have personality conflicts, but I, I've had pretty good experiences at meetups. Um, a lot of times when it's the internet, people feel like, you know, they don't have to, they have no filter. Or you have people who are in pure drama fandom because they want everything like the good old days and not just like, I like Oh, yeah. That's, that's, kinda, yeah so like, that's not great. <laughs> exactly. So it's like, mm, I, I, I try to put myself out there as a caveat. I just want to, you know, I don't want to be completely dishonest to people and say that it's, everything is sunshine and roses. But at the same time, if you do want to, if you want to help me, like, make, I was going to say, I appreciate it. It's a lot of this stuff is just showing up and being visible. Cause like, for example, when I first started blogging about PBS fandom on PBS shows on Twitter, like back in the Downton Abbey days, like I've been at this blogging on and off since then people were like, Oh my goodness, you, you're, you, it's like, you're a black woman. You like PBS. I was like, yes, I do. And there's people like us out there and it turned in and networking from there. It actually, I developed a following because I would, you know, not only just post jokes about the shows, but people were like, Oh my goodness, somebody like me is into this. And it turned an Outlander fandom. I actually found a circle. Um, a blogger um, started what was called the Blacklanders and we're all women of color. We discussed the show and we've gained massive, massive following from putting ourselves out there as that. And that's kind of pretty much just half metal. It's showing yeah. Show up half battle and telling people with telling people, hey, listen, I know you have your opinion, but your opinion is based on some form of ism. That's kind of essentially half the battle. Because a lot of times people have never had their idea these ideas challenged before, and that's kind of what you may not work all the time, but that's pretty much sort of my philosophy is putting myself out there in the first place can then foster change yeah well I I mean I appreciate you doing that I think that is amazing and I think like thank you for putting yourself out there as someone who is uh like that being your mission and I think if anyone else is in the same position and is like nervous about doing that on their own um I think it's really cool that you are out there and like people can come talk to you and you yeah, can I mean great I'll tell them. you I don't have all the answers I'm still figuring things out right right, right. but, but um, at least you yeah, know I have a feeling this is probably what I face is probably something that other people in fandom face when you have a, when either you have a niche fandom with not yeah. people in it or you have a fandom where it's dominated by people who are not as tolerant of modern um, of modern progressivism as you might be. Yeah, I have, I have some, I definitely have a lot of experience with that. And I, I welcome people to message me on Twitter, um, and reach out in that, in that regard. My, my, at, my at reply box is always open. Um, especially since I work in social media for a living. So I'm always on, I'm always online to, that's awesome. And I'm sure I'm sure there are people listening who can relate to all of those things and I appreciate uh that you're putting yourself out there as someone that you don't you know, if you're feeling that way, you don't have to be completely alone nope. doing that anymore. Which is like, amazing. Um the pretty picture part of my uh, social media all the pretty costume if you like my pretty costume photos, um I have an Instagram too. Um it's Amanda Poldark, all one word. I don't Sometimes I don't always remember to post things on there, but if you want to see all the pretty costume photos, they're all up there. 
That's awesome. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. I am like gonna go binge yeah, this show great. now. <laughs> Thank you. And also, um, that's another yeah, that's the that's that's kind of making me more than just the you know reforming fandom part. It's the hey, these shows exist part because And they're good, they're good. and you should and watch they're them. They're awesome. So yeah, that's kind of because I think a lot of times with Paul Dark and the other mammoth screen shows is that because they are Amazon and sometimes Netflix and other people buy the licenses, they don't really promote the show. They just kind of just yeah. there. And I'm like, there's no discussion. Like, you're going to, even, and PBS has, again, PBS's demographic is more so less social media inclined. So it's sort of like, they have an episode, but then they don't really have like the whole discussion and community building part of it because their audience is focused a little bit away from social media and more toward traditional television programming. So that's another reason why I put myself out there. I'm like, hi, if you've liked um, last night's Endeavor, um, which is another, which is a crime drama that Mammoth Screen produces. I'm like, Hey, you liked last, you liked Endeavor, right? And you know, you could talk about it with people. And that's kind of why. I yeah. And everything to, to, I just launched your poll just because again, it's kind of the, out of all the, pure drama right now that has kind of the biggest social media following um that's awesome though and of course for the doctor who folks who are following jenna over there as well um it's coming out in january so i'm really excited for another season of talking to people about it that's awesome and i hope that that keeps growing and more people keep joining i hope to to see because like the last time i shipped my soundcloud i only had like i had like 45 clicks on it so i'm like i hope i have i hope i can get into the hundreds like that's yeah no totally screen noticing that it exists i'm really hoping that i can that i can work on even even something as cool as like interviewing cast members of the shows i watch like yeah that would be awesome because there are period on blogs out there but i think many of them are focused toward the more historical research stuff or the audience that is less social media inclined. I, I, I bring my millennial enthusiasm and (laughs) um, way of posting information into it. Just so just, just as a, just as a counterpart to, you know, what is currently out there and maybe in a couple of years, I can monetize it. It'd be great. But right now, I mean, right now I'm just kind of doing this for, fun because speaking a speaking my fangirling into a microphone is oddly enough more satisfying than typing it right now so i get it (laughs) well that is so awesome um thank you so much for chatting with me today and i hope that you inspired some people to go check out if this is like you know there is a whole world of shows that you may have never heard of. Exactly. Um, and um, thank and you for I encourage people to, to um, reach out to me on Twitter um, once this podcast is posted. Yeah, for suggestions and recommendations yeah, oh, yes. and stuff for sure. I have so many of those. And too often I'm like, oh, I have people who don't like – most of my friends are like, oh, I, you're so you're so into it. But I'm like, but I'm not really sure about pure drama. I'm like, but please – let me let me help you. <laughs> or or again, it's like or again, I'll do a lot of this. Again, that's another thing too. It's like people think there's only like one or two types of period dramas out there. I'm like, no, there's a whole there is a whole scope of things, and it's more than just what your aunt watches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, you're so right. Shows your aunt watches. Yeah, no, you're so right. There really is a whole world of like very different stories. It's more than that stuff. It's great. It is great stuff. You just gotta like dig through Prime and and Netflix to find it. Well, which is why it's good to have a resource like you who does all the hard work and then figuring out what's what's what. And and also, trust me, the tracking what shows end up where and when is a job in itself. Oh yeah, a hundred percent a job because it's so confusing now with all these different streaming services and everybody fighting for for attention and also to BBC and ITV in England have are they'll be like, Hey, we'll put out something. And all of a sudden I look at the U S release date at six months from now. And I'm like, 
Yep. <laughs> Thanks for, well, there's a great thing called VPN, but then I'm also like one, but yep. then I'm also like, okay, when VPN, you know, when, when it finally does come to America, I'm always a fan of like being sure that it can, I watch the show legally. So that way the productions can get money for future things. Um, that's kind of my, that's also my other main thing. I'm like, no, yeah, that's I want to make it's like, yes, you can watch early online, but like make sure you circle back when the DVDs come out and or whenever Prime drops something or Netflix does like circle back because you know it's, oh, it's yeah, getting the numbers exactly. to line up and like make make people know they're actually watching is really important. Oh, totally. And that's where that's when new things will be produced. Exactly. That's that's kind of my goal for it. I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Um, I hope everyone checks out your podcast and uh, hits you up on Twitter for show recommendations. To get my shirt of the month, I'm. Yeah, it should be there soon. (laughs) It's in the mail. (laughs) Can I tell you when I saw that? I was like, it's my idea finally. Because that's another thing too with Poldark. We don't need to have a lot of merchandise, so I was like, yeah, that's true. We have we have one design, which is great. And I might actually get as I was thinking about getting as a cell phone case because. That's awesome. I'm like, hmm, cell phone case, that'd be great. Because, like, I I do have, um, my case is starting to look beat up. But I'm like, I might have to switch it. But, yeah, for now, I'm just really excited that thank you for giving me the opportunity to promote my favorite thing. Because I, yeah, like, thanks for the I'm idea. a little bit fed up with me right now. And we're like, can Amanda shut this? Is it really tedious to promote this? I'm like, no. Although, low key, I wish I was. But no, I mean, but I'm like, but no, it's called, I just want to, I just want to find new friends. It's kind of how I, that's kind of how I put it. I think I'm like, I just want to find new friends who are into this too. So I can have discuss things with people. That's kind of how I feel about it. I mean, that's fandom, right? You like want to find as many other people who love the same thing as you as possible. So hopefully you can find some new, uh, some more people to connect with. Thank you so much, Jordan. Yeah, and thank you guys all so much for listening. Um, if you enjoy our podcast and want to leave us a rating or a review, that would help us out so much. Um, if you want to find other people who are into the same things as you are, you can head to our website and click on the community tab, and we have all kinds of little uh, topics and uh, discussion boards over there. And if you want to support us, our Patreon is up. We have uh, a bunch of weird and cool rewards. So have a great week, everyone. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.